Welcome to Jersey Guy Sports, your sports talk home for the Yankees, Giants, Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, and I'm your host, Don. I want to thank you for tuning in. Today we're going to be talking about Rutgers basketball, nipping Indiana 66-63 with a critical comeback win Wednesday night in Indiana. And the Rangers topped the St. Louis Blues 5-3 Wednesday night in a bounce-back game that they also needed. So let's go ahead and get started. Rutgers basketball beat the Indiana Hoosiers Wednesday night on the road, 66-63. Ron Harper won it on a clutch three-point shot with two seconds left, capping a furious second-half comeback for Rutgers, who desperately needed to win this game for NCAA tournament consideration. Rutgers was down 10 points twice in the game. They overcame some bad turnovers and a horrible game from Mulcahy, who got ejected at the end on an asinine flagrant foul that he took, and Rutgers overcame some bad refereeing as well. Rutgers showed some serious heart in this one. Grit, determination, and getting this critical win over Indiana on Wednesday night. It was a chippy game, and Rutgers won it with heart and soul, grit and effort, defensively and offensively, and came back and won the game. In the beginning of the game, of course, Rutgers... For Rutgers, it was another game, another slow start. Where have we heard this before? Indiana was just killing Rutgers in the paint early. We could not stop this Trace Jackson Davis in the paint. He was just killing Rutgers. Rutgers had no answer. Uh, Harper hit a few early shots, you know, for us, including a deep three with the shot clock running out to help Rutgers creep back from an early 15 to 6 hole. Uh, McConnell actually played pretty well offensively for him. He's he's really not great offensively, but he had a decent offensive game, which for him is, you know, if he scores eight points, that's a decent offensive game for him. Uh, but he did pick up his second foul with three minutes and 30 seconds left in the first half. Uh, Rutgers, again, as is typical, had too many turnovers in the first half. Paul Mulcahy, again, had a shit game. He struggled offensively in the first half. Rutgers really needs Mulcahy to be better offensively, in addition to having his great, consistent playmaking ability. He continues to do that well. Um, he continues to lead with assists and setting the offense up, but we need his offense. You know, Rutgers playing well correlates almost directly with Mulcahy playing well. He ended up in the first half with zero points and two turnovers. I mean, come on, Paul, man. We need better than that. Uh, Free throws, again, were a friggin' disaster for Rutgers in the first half. I mean, really poor. Really poor in the first half. Uh, Geo had two early steals in the second half as it started, you know, to try to jumpstart the team. And back came the Scarlet Knights. Harper hit some threes early in the second half. uh, And Rutgers had the lead 38-37 on the strength of some good defense and, and some of those Harper threes. Um, then Rutgers immediately started committing a few turnovers, fouls, and generally the wheels kind of came off for about five minutes of play right after they took that 38-37 lead in the second half. McConnell picked up his fourth foul with 10 minutes and 31 seconds left in the game and then had to sit. But Rutgers continued to play good defense, and they remained stout and remain gritty. Uh, Mulcahy, though, continued to struggle on offense in the second half. Goodness, Mulcahy. Um, for Rutgers, the last two months, you know, as Mulcahy goes, Rutgers goes. So that was not, not a good sign. Rutgers did claw back with McConnell on the bench and tied it 
52-52 with five minutes left, five and a half minutes left. Um, Gio and Amari had some big buckets there to help Rutgers get back. And then a weird thing happened. Rutgers was on a 7 nothing run to make it 52-52. They had the momentum. They were doing great. And then for some reason, Peichel felt the need to take a timeout for some reason. I don't know why, but he did that. And then just after they tied the game, Gio had hit a huge driving layup and Pico calls timeout. I, I just don't get that at all. Just dumb. Of course, you know, immediately after the timeout, Indiana got the ball, hit a shot, and had the lead back 10 seconds after the timeout was over. I just, I, it was a very strange, strange timeout call for me. But, you know, after being down two, Gio hit a huge three to later put Rutgers back up one point, you know, and back and forth it went. Amari then hit two big free throws with a minute 30 left to put Rutgers up three points and then hit two more about 30 seconds later to again put Rutgers up three. So Rutgers is up three, and then it almost all fell completely apart for Rutgers. Mulcahy, Rutgers has the ball, and Mulcahy took a fucking moronic flagrant foul with 19 seconds left. I'm sorry, but it was. It is nearly impossible for me to articulate just how stupid, moronic, asinine, arrogant, insane this flagrant foul was that Mulcahy took. There's just no words to describe it. So to set it up, there were 19 seconds left in the game. Rutgers had come all the way back. They had the ball. They had a three-point lead. They were in the offensive zone. Mulcahy was just fouled by an Indiana player. So they had the ball, they had a three-point lead, and they were going to the free throw line to shoot free throws. If he just hits the free throws, Rutgers would have been up five points with 19 seconds left. But, I mean, at that point, you know, the game would have been over. Over. But instead, Mulcahy's, you know, after Mulcahy's replacement, because he got ejected, he took a flagrant foul, and Mulcahy got ejected, and Hyatt hit two free throws. And Rutgers was up five, but the repercussions of Mulcahy's flagrant foul then kicked in. Indiana got two free throws from the flagrant foul and retained possession of the ball. So even though they were down five, they hit the two free throws, got possession of the ball, then hit a three-pointer with 10 seconds left to tie the game at 63-63. So they basically got five points in a matter of about 15 seconds only because Mulcahy enabled that to happen with the Fagan foul. You can get two shots and the ball. That was just the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Ron Harper then played savior for Rutgers by nailing a clutch, game-winning, three-point shot with two seconds left. The shot might have saved Rutgers' season and saved Mulcahy, man, from the wrath of tons of Rutgers fans, including the one you're hearing right now, because Lord help me, if they lost this game after what Mulcahy did, the Ron Harper shot was clutch. It was his second sort of dynamic, epic shot of the year. He obviously beat Purdue at the last second with a three-pointer, and he nailed this clutch game-winning three-point shot to win and seal the Indiana win here for Rutgers. Rutgers rode out of Indiana knowing now they probably need just one more win in a game which will be home against Penn State this upcoming weekend to make the NCAA tournament. It has to be an awesome, awesome feeling for Rutgers after what was an awesome game, a tremendous clutch last second shot by Ron Harper Jr. A game they won with grit, heart, determination, never letting up in the second half. Uh, This confounding Rutgers basketball team found a way once again, you know, to win. 
to keep their season alive. This team that seemingly can't beat any of the board teams, but seems to win every big game they need to. This team is still alive, baby. Let's move on to the New York Rangers. The Rangers beat the St. Louis Blues Wednesday 5-3 to at the Garden. It was kind of an odd game, honestly. Um, it won, it's a game that saw the Rangers go up 2 nothing. Then they were down 3-2, and eventually they won 5-3. Uh, Igor Shosurkin, who was normally spectacular, was just okay, I guess, in the game. And the Rangers still won the game. Imagine that. For those of you that are diehard Ranger fans, you know that almost never happens. Igor generally has to be spectacular for the Rangers to have a chance of winning. And I don't think he was spectacular. He was fine. Um... But he was definitely not, you know, his usual amazing self. And the Rangers still managed to pull out a victory. Uh, it started out with Lafreniere scoring off a Fox rebound in the first period. Lafreniere, by the way, is starting to really roll now offensively for the Rangers. Um, he's playing on the top line with Mika and Kreider, and he's starting to produce points. He's got three goals in his last four games now. And it is great to see the Rangers need continued progress from Lafreniere and from the other players. The Blues had been dominating for most of the first period. Though they didn't have a lot of shots on goal, they had most of the time spent in the in the Rangers' offensive, Rangers' defensive zone, their offensive zone. And it was important that Lafreniere got that goal to start because, again, the Blues were kind of dominating. Philip Hedl was back in the lineup and was kindly, kind of not noticeable for most of the game. I guess it's good to get him back in. Hopefully he can get back into form, but... He didn't really have much to do with this game one way or the other. The Rangers end up turning the puck over multiple times in their own zone in the first period. Uh, St. Louis was pinching their defensemen on the boards, much more so than I've seen a lot, a lot of other teams do. And the Rangers are having a really tough time getting the puck out of the zone. Uh, Hunt played poorly again for the Rangers. Um, he had lots of turnovers. The Rangers are in desperate need of forward depth. You know, and saying that is pretty much like saying the sky is blue. The Rangers need forward depth. But you know what? The Rangers need forward depth. You know, seeing Bryden Hunt, Braden Hunt play every single night, and then, you know, McKeg and all these forwards that really should not be playing, you know, is a tough thing. Um, the Rangers did start out the second period looking much better overall. They had a lot more jump, ended up, you know, going, you know, pretty, pretty strong and, and ended up getting a stuff in goal, you know, to make it two to nothing. Uh, Artemi Panarin again, did not look great in the game. Uh, and this is a trend that Panarin has to stop. Uh, you know, we need him to be very good against these upper echelon teams. And he continues to look decidedly average when the Rangers play very good teams. Strom had that second stuff in goal to make it two nothing, but then almost immediately the lead was gone. It was two nothing Rangers, and then before you could blink, it was three two St. Louis. I don't know what the hell happened. It was amazing. Like two minutes later, St. Louis ended up scoring goals on three consecutive shots against Igor Shosturkin. I think someone should take that videotape and put it in the NHL Hall of Fame, because I don't know if I've ever seen that before against Igor, and I don't know if we will again. The wheels just completely came off the Rangers. They were given up chance after chance defensively, and Igor let up three goals on three shots, which is amazing. So just like that, the Rangers were down 3-2, and it all happened right at the end of the second period, and the Rangers were booed right off the ice after the, the horn sounded to end the second period. Um. 
the Rangers had a pretty shitty start to the third period, you know, where the Blues were mostly dominating again. And then the Rangers got a pretty lucky goal to tie it up 3 nothing. You know, it's funny in hockey. Sometimes a bounce here, a break there, and and, and sometimes that all, that's all it takes in hockey. Hockey's a funny game. Um, believe it or not, friggin' Nemeth actually scored a goal. I hate that he's even in the lineup. That's slow, old-ass in the lineup. But he actually scored a goal. You know, uh, the goalie was completely out of the crease and Nemeth ended up firing a shot from the blue line, which still hit the post, you know, even with a wide open goal, but that tied it at 3-3. Uh, the Rangers got some momentum from that goal. They drew a power play, uh, with about 10 minutes left in the game and the score tied 3-3. Um, and <clears throat> there was a really nice deflection by Chris Kreider off an Adam Fox shot that scored. Kreider got the goal and put the Rangers up 4-3. to three. It was a really good power play all around, honestly. Rangers come in, kind of dominated, had the puck in the zone most of the time. They call a timeout in the middle of it to keep their players fresh and ended up scoring shortly after to put the Rangers up 4-3. The Rangers would then go on to add an empty net goal by Panarin and won by a final score of 5-3. to three. Adam Fox had another outstanding game for the Rangers, both offensively and defensively. He probably should win the Norris again this year, but he probably won't because <clears throat> they just never give the Norris to the same person two years in a row, even though he's definitely worthy of it this year. Honestly, for, you know, the Rangers, they kind of owed it to Shesterkin to win this one, right? I mean, Shesterkin saves their ass so much, right? Game after game. One where Igor actually let up three goals on three consecutive shots a game like this, the Rangers owe him. Like, that's right. Igor had saved them so many times. The Rangers probably still owe them about 15 games, right? So this is one. They got 14 to go to, to just even the score with, with their own goalie who saved them so many times. I wouldn't really say they saved, you know, Igor, that he had a bad game, but it just wasn't his normal outstanding game for sure. I put it somewhere between average and pretty good, you know, as a normal goaltender. For him, it's kind of actually poor, honestly. But, you know, him giving up three goals is almost a story in itself. So with the Rangers winning when he gives up three goals is is actually a story in itself. So good on the Rangers. It wasn't a great game, but it was gritty. It was tough. St. Louis is a good team. They have a good power play and lots of talent. Um, and it's good to get the game again. Um, Bushnevich was <laughs> on the ice for St. Louis. He's got 19 goals. He actually was stopped on a breakaway, barely, by Shesterkin. Um he actually slipped through his legs and just got a piece of it and it went just wide. But um, Bushnevich, you know, is a piece that the Rangers probably missed this year. Uh, in the end, the Rangers found a way to get their 18th come from behind win and ended their two game losing streak. I want to thank you for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. Please subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends all about it. And please rate it positively if you like. I'll be back soon with some more sports talk. Thanks and have a good day.